Hello, listeners. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Arthur Gallego, who is a recognized, award-winning CPG executive with a focus on emerging food and beverage brands. Most recently, he was the CEO and co-founder of Sunday's Fermented Cocktails, and over the course of his career, he has worked with some of the leading better-for-you CPG brands, including Chia Smash, Chomps, Bulletproof, Flow Spring Water, Health Aid Kombucha, Life Aid Beverage Co., Mush, Olipop, and Vita Coco, amongst others. He is also the founder of Gianco, which he founded in 2007 and still runs today, and has served as a startup CMO for many food and beverage brands. Gaeo also has additional experience in the beauty and fragrance, restaurant hospitality, and residential real estate marketing, granting him an exceptional consumer insights across spending and brand adoption. Now, he's global, worked across Europe and Asia, and is also a marketing and pop culture authority. Like, what doesn't he do? I am really excited to bring Arthur to you today. We talk about success and ageism and how they intertwine to ultimately, hopefully, bring you a more fulfilling career. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. What does it truly mean to be a leader? Welcome to The Executive, a podcast that highlights the career journeys, struggles, successes, and day-to-day experiences of leaders. I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, bringing over 10 years of experience as a leadership and career coach, L&D consultant, and healthcare executive. My mission is to guide leaders towards creating a career they can love. Thank you for listening. Now let's hear from the executive. Arthur, just a second ago, you blew me away by bringing up the topic of how we glorify success at a young age. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. This is a topic I need to record. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. And thank I'd you love to hear, it. yeah, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, just like expand that, peel back the layers a little bit and see where we go. Well, ageism is not new. Uh, we we see it in every facet of our of our culture. Um, an obvious one would be entertainment. You know, um, I remember reading an article a few years back where somebody was saying, "Well, Alicia Vikander is getting old," and I think she wasn't even like twenty eight. <laughs> and because the quest is always for something younger and hotter and 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 you know more more aspirational on the screen um and but that attitude is is pervasive through our culture and i think that what has happened with all of these lists uh and awards celebrating great accomplishments at a younger age is that they have put almost uh, an egg timer on when you're supposed to be successful. And I've seen it with, um, I talked to one executive and they were desperate to get on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And they were like, I'm almost 30. And I was like, so what, you know, you haven't, first of all, you're successful, but there's probably even greater success ahead of you, but they were so hell bent on, on that, that, that moniker. And it's, these are just two examples of of our obsession with youth, um, and it's often at the expense of the the power and understanding of experience, um, both ourselves and other people. 
Um, it's also at the expense of earning your years. Um, there was a great interview by Meryl Streep once, and she said, and I think she was in her like early 50s, and and they said, how do you feel about your age? And, and she had a beautiful line. She said, I earned those years. And I wish more people would take the time to appreciate uh, the experience and, and how they have earned their years on the planet and, and with people and, and being able to give more to other people. Um, it's, uh, it's a real problem in our culture that we, we see youth as emblematic of success um, and that we see youth as super desirable for the workplace in terms of energy or creativity, because, you know, in your forties, you're only getting started. That's, that's my sentiment roughly on that. Yeah. I think I finally know what I love to do for work and I'm getting to the point where I'm an, an expert at it and I put in the time and energy an effort to make sure that I was more well-read or researched than I was prior and to the point where instead of just saying I'm an expert, I feel like I am, but I know that there's a lot much more for me to learn, especially from a just experience standpoint where just by working day in and day out, you get exposed to new opportunities and individuals and thoughts and ideas and strategies, et cetera. And I, and I know that when someone is, has, has been doing something for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that that is invaluable. You can't buy that. You can't magically wake up with that. Correct. And, and, and you've been an executive, an advisor, a founder, a mentor. And I mean, you are a subject matter expert within your space. You have not only the experience, but the years to prove it. What, what are you seeing as a leader you know, happening within leadership or the work environment that maybe is not paying enough attention to the fact that experience does matter? Well, we have certainly seen a tidal wave of younger people become successful early in life. That success, those experiences are specific to them. They are not you know, a broad stroke representation of what everyone will or can achieve at a younger age. And, you know, amplified by social media, we, we just have lost our path on, on how valuable, not just experiences, but that it gives you the context to understand, understand everything that's happening to you and, and to the world around you and to people. Um, I mean, that's one of the greatest things about experience and time is, is you have the power to give everything context, whether it's historical or emotional or psychological or societal. And everything means more if it has context for you and, and, and the world. And so I think if we are to do anything, certainly in the workplace, I you know, I'm look. I'm a I'm a proud 54. I've never lied about my age. Uh, I always looked younger than my years, so it actually became a point then that I had to tell people my age so that they wouldn't think I was the intern. You know, I was at at a job like 35, and somebody was like, "Oh, I thought you were the intern." 
And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm older than you, you know, by 10 years. And I think that we, we need to really examine the worth of older employees with that kind of perspective and experience in the workplace as part of the, the, the company culture mix because they add so much. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the young 30 under 30 list, or I don't know if we do a 20 under 20. <laughs> my I don't favorite know that's list, a thing. Yeah, 15 under 15. I told you my list is yeah. <laughs> 15 under 15. Yeah. Uh, 10 under 10, you know, it's, <laughs> and so you have these individuals, which I assume based on their age probably have, and this is just an assumption. We're just we're speaking in assumptions for a moment. They have had one major success. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that person, and I think this is often forgotten. So you've had one major success. Maybe you were a founder, maybe some, something happened. And, and so you're really good at the thing you just did. Maybe, maybe. Because maybe you also just got lucky, but maybe also just let's just say you're really good at the thing you just did. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you're going to be really good at the thing you do next. Correct. And it also doesn't mean that that you're going to be ready for when the thing you're you're really good at fails, because you haven't had a a ton of failure in your pocket. Which anyone that's lived a long career has had many many disappointments. And being able to deal with the roller coaster of our professional life and success and being able to also see different things flourish, I think is just invaluable. And that's where experience and age, especially within leadership, uh, can play a really big role. And it's when I think when people get are successful very early and they don't have the perspective or experience, they really can begin to define themselves through the lens of that success. And that's when people get screwed up in the head, right? Because they are not prepared for failures in either their work life or their personal life going forward. Um, They see themselves solely through the lens of that success. And when they hit a wall, they they are lost and they lose a really deep sense of self because it was never grounded in anything material. I was reading an interview with Jenna Lyons, who was uh, the president and creative director, I think, whatever, of J. Crew for many years. And, and she was talking about losing her sense of who she was after she left J. Crew. And, and that was a, like a 40-year-old woman, you know, and with a child. So my point is that we, you know, you never, you're never not off this train about aging and broadening your experience and your ability to to see the world and apply yourself in the world with that experience as as a very nice piece of ammunition you know whether it's a bulletproof vest or or whatnot and and when you're so young and we see this a lot in hollywood then you know these young actors who you know, maybe they get successful at 18 or even younger. And then by the time they're 30, they're completely screwed up because there was no foundation there for them to, to address the success. Everyone told them they were fabulous and catered to them. They made too much money too early and they screwed it all up. And, and it's but what that example of actors that's happening across the board with so many people in so many businesses, it doesn't matter whether you're a man or woman or 
what your industry is. If it comes too soon and you're not ready, you will fail. So we're probably talking to a decent amount of people though that don't feel they're successful. That's why they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important to call out. So hopefully everyone listening right now is just like, oh, okay, so it's good that I'm not, I haven't reached this pinnacle of success that I think that maybe I should be at. And maybe, you know, maybe we can talk to them for a second. Sure, sure. Well, success is so relative to, you know, you can be prominent and not make any money. You can be, um, you can find success through the things you're able to do for, for people and causes. I mean, these are, these are beautiful metrics of contributions and success. Um, we, it, it, it seems very trite, but, you know, success really is how you choose to define it for yourself if it's on a path to being happy and fulfilled. Um, but I think sometimes we lose sight of that too. And, and part of that, you know, to your point, when you, when you steer this conversation that way, is how we, we judge ourselves by the success of others. And it's always a very important reminder. I've, I remind myself of this all the time, is that somebody else's success is not your failure or your shortcoming. It's nothing to do with you. That's their journey, not yours. And you shouldn't put yourself into that context. Um, I'll, I'll give you a very joyful story of success. I, um, it, I began my career in the hospitality business. Um, and one of the people that I had the, the great fortune of working with on some projects was Julia Child. And so, you know, we see her as this, this icon of, of American uh, cooking and, and a larger than life personality. And she was on TV for many years um, and, and had so many cookbooks. But Ben, she didn't make most of her money until she was in her late 70s. There was a lot of fame, a lot of notoriety, a lot of respect, but the cash didn't start flowing in until she was that old. Isn't that great? I love hearing that because anything is possible. I yeah, I love that story. And I, I've seen a quote like that before. And there's a list of people that we really think are extremely wealthy. And then you see that 80, 90% of their wealth was made when they were over 60. Yep. And I love Mm -hmm. I love that because it also helps me just realize, well, maybe I should be enjoying life a little bit right now. <laughs> well, exactly. The, I mean, the only yeah. race you're in is against yourself. And if you choose to put pressure on yourself in that race, then, you know, that's on you. Sometimes it's being kind to yourself is as simple as that, to take the time to get to where you need to be on your schedule, not somebody else's. Well, Arthur, I have to ask, how has success or the, def the definition of success changed for you throughout your career? Sure. Ooh, that's a, that's a, a profound question because I made a lot of these mistakes where I defined my success against the success of peers or friends. Um, you know, let's say a friend got a big promotion at a company and and I would be thrilled for them, but inside it would eat at me. Um, and that's when I define success as, as title and money and access um, and not as fulfillment. Um, I've gotten much better at that and understanding kind of the, the importance of the fulfillment and looking for ways to find 
um, the fulfillment by either working with others or mentoring people, which I love to do. Um, you know, building not just brands, which you know I've I've had a, a good hand in, but building companies and organizations for people. There's enormous fulfillment in that to help others realize their dream. But it's but it's still you know as a man who was raised in the 70s and you were told to be the breadwinner and it was all dependent on you and you were supposed to have a house by the age of whatever 31 um and then of course being you know an asian american and you know in the 70s my only two career choices were doctor and lawyer you know and i think i had to explain to my dad <laughs> even until the day he died, exactly what I did as a marketing exec and a consumer packaged goods exec. Um, you know, you you keep on teaching yourself those things and reminding yourself. But it, it's, I think, if you're aware, if you're present, uh, you find you've been successful for far longer than you realize by most metrics. You know, if you really have like an out of body experience. It's, it's kind of wonderful. It's amazing how what you value changes over time. Oh, Going back it. to the whole concept of experience. Exactly. Exactly. And that in itself, when you start to value different things based on your experience, which I'm just going to say age, then I can imagine that also makes you a more powerful or just different I'd even say more impactful in some instances, leader than an organization. I I, I hope I, so. Yeah. yeah. Did, I guess depending on your path, I just see so often with clients, they've been on this kind of just rat race of you know getting to a certain amount of money and a certain title, and they get there and they realize that they've left their their family and their friends and their health behind and haven't been really treating people in a way that maybe would lead to the type of environment they want in a corporate in a corporate world and so they redefine success and they they realign with certain values and all of a sudden now they're also a different leader which leads to a whole different type of success because you get different types of recognition exactly i mean i hope people take the time to to look into themselves that way too um it's it was certainly for like, you know, my generation was like war. We were war robots when we entered the workplace. We That was how we were built. Um, there is certainly a more sensitive, emotionally attuned um, a workforce in play too. I, I, one of the things that pleases me is seeing a lot of the, let's say, under 35 uh, workforce really fighting for a life-work balance. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I think some have taken it to an extreme where they're like, it's, you know, whatever they, they have on TikTok, it's like minimal work Mondays or something. I'm like, well, that's a little too far, but, but we do want people to find the balance. So we've talked about a little bit of glorifying success at a younger age, but then what should you glorify? Like if, if success isn't the answer and if you can work towards success and maybe you'll, the wealth that you'll earn will, will maximize usually on average, right? When you're older, mm -hmm. what should I, what should the youth 
be focused on these aspiring leaders and entrepreneurs and founders? Oh, I think this is where you get into the personal work. You know, the first thing is um, really understanding what you want to do with your life and your career. Um, I, I think that's, I, I don't know anyone who, who didn't change their major when they were in university as they kind of tried to find the right path for what fit for them. Um, I know very few people in their mid forties that didn't feel like, hey, I need a change. You know, I need a change in what I've been doing for the last 18 to 20 years. And it's time for me to, to explore other, other careers. And I think if you're younger in the workforce, you should spend the time to, to really ask yourself, do I like what I'm doing? You know, and, and take a further step back and say, is it the industry? Is it the work itself? Is it the type of people that are attracted to this industry? And it's a, it's a learning process, I think, when you're younger in the workforce, but you have to be present for it and you really have to do the work. Um, most of us, when we're younger, we, we work hard nine to five and then we have the weekend and we party hard <laughs> nine to five and then we begin again without really taking the time to, to stop and say, man, this part, of, this part of my job is like the thing I really love. How do I, how do I build this out or, or dive deeper into this, right? Um, and it takes a moment of, you know, of pause to do that. We, and we don't pause enough where we're always so, so like full throttle, you know, floor to the uh, pedal to the metal driving forward at, at the fastest speed possible and it's it's important to to pause and think about your career because you're going to be in it for a long time work with a lot of clients that they do that pause well, before we start working together and the pause doesn't give them answers that they like and sometimes the pause doesn't even give them real answers and sometimes that's also because they have this misconception of what success is and what they're really working towards. Mm -hmm. I don't know if if you've dealt with something like this in the past or can at least talk to like talk to maybe people that are in this place that say, okay, I know that I'm not I'm not where I want to be. I know that I want to get there, but I don't know if I'm doing the thing that I should be doing. What is something that maybe you've did or a question that you've asked or something that you maybe would just suggest? For these, I guess, future leaders and success chasers to, to do for themselves? Well, let's see. When I was, I think, roughly early 30s, I was kind of like, man, I feel like I've done marketing and for a long enough time, and it might be time to, to shift into something that Again, the impetus then was something more more lucrative, right? Um, so I went down another path and 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 failed miserably at it, and really spent a lot of time after that trying to understand, you know, like what I thought I did really well, and what other people thought I did really well, um, and they finding those things out weren't totally aligned, which was you know when you're 31 or something and you think you know everything that's like a, a sucker punch you know um and it helped me kind of fine tune 
how I worked and, and the kinds of jobs and roles I, 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 I pursued. And then, and that, that reset was critical, but it, you know, it involved the hard criticism of other people who, who I respected and who either had worked with or who had observed me working. Um, in my 40s, I went through the same thing again, my early 40s, and I was like, this is it. <laughs> I'm done. It's time for a change. And a really good friend said to me, and he was older, I think it's like late 40s. And he said, it always is interesting to me when professionals like you are entering the height of their powers and looking at the, the calendar and your age is making you think you need to do something else. And, and those words really stuck with me because I was like, wow, he's right. You know, this is part of this has to do with what we talked about at the beginning, ageism and my own self-ageism about it. Like, should I be doing something deeper, bigger, more significant as I enter, you know, my, my mid-40s? And that pep talk helped me double down on my work and my consulting. And I and I really thrived after that. It was really kind of this, this, the, the these words from a Yoda that really helped me get aligned. And I think that, you know, if I, from the two things I said is one, you know, ask other people about it. And in a very like vulnerable exposed way, if you're having at that crossroads. And then of course, understand that, you know, your forties are prime time because back to the experience thing, you're probably, you've got now a generation's worth of wisdom under your belt in a workplace. You can do so much with that. It reminds me of the quote or concept or mindset around instead of knowing what you love and then going to do it, you know, do something, become great at it, and you will become passionate about it. It's mm -hmm. like get better and be proud of your work. I actually have that written down. Whenever I feel bored, be proud. Like find the way to do a little bit more than you've done to create a sense of accomplishment and like self-congratulation. And I think we miss that to say, oh, I'm, I'm bored. It must mean I have to do something new. I go, no, no, no. Let's leverage your strengths and your skills and show up in a way where you can actually be excited about how you're showing up instead of to just run to the next bright shiny object yeah and and it's easy to to support the i'm bored argument if you've been doing something similar or working in the same industry for a long time um but if you dig deep enough there's always something that's both challenging and stimulating probably within your current environment um obviously it, it you know depending on your your level um, in the workplace, it may require the support and the vision of, you know, a boss or an executive above you, but it's worth fighting for that once you've really thought it through, you know, and you don't go into that interview with your boss and saying, I'm bored working in this department. I want to try something else. Like that is the worst. <laughs> you should be presenting that as, you know, um, I feel that I can't go any farther in this particular role but I love this company or this business and I want to, 
I want to see where else I can add value with, with everything I know, you know, and that's how you should approach it in my book. Mm -hmm. I have a little note on my desk with a couple of different phrases. And one of them is create and find the adventure. Mm -hmm. And it just is a reminder that in your work, you get to choose if you sit and wallow in the fact that maybe you're not too excited today. But you mm -hmm. instead of going and actually creating something new and novel and fun and having it be within your strengths and your skill sets, and then to create more experience for yourself or more connections. And eventually you can take where you are, where maybe you don't feel as successful or happy and you can mold that into where, to where you do. Just take some effort. And I think we've, we've gotten a little lazy when it comes to being happy. Well, we, we've been conditioned to, to believe that the solution to being happy is, you know, reading some book <laughs> with some tips in it um, and not really applying what we learned, right? Um, uh, I think sometimes we deal with, with finding happiness in, in the abstract versus in the practical. Um, and really, I, I think most people can't, really take a hard look at themselves that that takes a, a high degree of vulnerability and also um a confidence that you're going to make it through even if you don't like what you see well i hope that we raise the magnifying glass a little bit today for everybody i hope so and i'd, I'd like to you know turn it over to you for a second and if you could say well i think i've i've hopefully turned it over to you for more than a second today <laughs> but if if you could let's say our episode got lost it was deleted erased and we had only a minute or two to really share a point that you want our audience to leave with what would that minute or two be well i think i you know in the end you return to the beginning so I think it would be um, about youth and ageism and remembering that there is so much possible and, and it's exciting to achieve it in later in life. Um, you're not done at 50, you're not done at 60. There's still a lot you can give, a lot you can learn. Um, you are still a vibrant member of the workforce and, and a valued one. And I think that, you know, issues of early retirement aside, if you're, if you look, if you're, if that's the path you want to take, that's great. But I've seen so many people um, return to the workforce later in a part-time capacity, add so much and find joy in it. And I love meeting those people. I, I met some 75-year-old guy at the Apple store, and he used to run a video production company and had produced, you know, like 1980 sitcoms. And I mean, he was just a pleasure to talk to. And I can only imagine that he must have been so much fun for the rest of the younger team at that store to work with. So that's that would be my my pearl of wisdom. Well, thank you for that pearl. It's it's a treasure. And I'm happy that it's not at the bottom of the ocean, but within this podcast itself. And if our listeners want some more pearls and aren't certified divers, how do they find you and follow your work? 
Um, they can certainly find me on LinkedIn and uh, they can find me through uh, my website, which is uh, galegoandco.com. Um, I'm based in Southern California and I welcome all greetings and I do, you know, short paid consultations all the time for both entrepreneurs and even just people who are looking to to talk to somebody who is maybe of their age or, or with my depth of experience. And um, so I welcome it all. It's good. I like building the community. Thank you again for your time, Arthur. And all those links will be in the show notes. And hopefully we will cause someone to stop a little bit on their race for success and eventually realize that they're successful right now with a little bit of introspection. And then maybe they'll add a little bit more respect and pay a little bit more attention to the years in the room and leverage that experience for their own further growth and happiness. I hope so. Thank you for listening to the Executive Podcast, where we explore what it truly means to be a leader. If you've taken one thing away, make sure to subscribe, share, and most importantly, leave a review. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next time.